We heard Jesus talking about uh, families being against each other and that he came to bring not peace but the sword. Those who lose their life will seek their life to lose it and those who lose their life for his sake will find it. And this passage doesn't seem to be like particularly great news to us when we hear it today. Jesus seems kind of militant and angry. And that's because we have never really faced persecution for our beliefs here in America. Jesus was telling this to his disciples, a group of Jews whom Jesus knew were going to be excommunicated because they were following him. He knew that persecutions were coming by their fellow Jews who didn't like that they were following this upstart preacher from Nazareth. And so he was warning them, your parents are going to be upset with you over this. And you don't get to say, Mom, Dad, I've got Jesus thing. It was just a high school. It was a phase. It's nothing. It's, it's no big deal. I was just having some fun in high school. No, you don't get to go back and tell Mom and Dad that, guys. When your Mom and Dad say, You're no longer my son. You're no longer my daughter because you believe in Jesus. You need to stick with your faith. If they choose to reject you, they choose to reject you. But realize that's going to come and stick with your faith. Jesus was letting them know that people might even stone them to death. People might kick them out of the synagogues because of their faith in Him. And the Jewish leaders of the time would be proclaiming, you are no longer Jewish because of your faith. That's the kind of persecution they were going to be receiving for following Jesus. We've never experienced that in this country as Christians. We've never had a supreme religious authority tell us, you don't get to worship in your church anymore because you're a Christian. Or a supreme religious or governmental authority tell us, we're going to kill you because you're a Christian. Or we will not allow you anyone even to speak with you anymore because you're a Christian. It's not happening. So, we don't, we've not lived in this type of persecution that his disciples were going to be experiencing. And yet Jesus, so Jesus says this, um, the families will be against one another, that he came not to bring peace, but the sword. And so what are we to do with this in our context, in our lives? It's very clear from Jesus' life, and very clear from Jesus' death, that he had no intention of taking up an actual sword against anyone who would hurt him or his disciples. He let them kill him. And Jesus was not commanding his disciples to take up an actual sword and try to combat those who would be persecuting them. He used this illustration of a sword as something that cuts and divides. Realizing that he did not come to bring peace, that you don't get to just say, no, I don't really believe in Jesus. That was just, they just seemed like they were having a good time. But now that I'm back with you, I don't believe it. No, you've got to stick to your guns. And if they choose to ostracize you because of that, and there's that division because of that, then that's what we end up having to live with. That's what he meant by bringing not peace but the sword. And so today, in our lives, we don't face persecution, but we still have choices to make as far as how we are going to live as disciples of Jesus. Now, there are all kinds of things that, as a preacher, I can start up and say, we're against this, right? We can say, we're against drinking's bad, and we're not going to drink because we're Christians. Dancing's bad, and we're not, we can come up with all kinds of different things. Uh, no, no more coffee. 
No more 80 sacraments, um, because we're, I'm not going with that. But I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to just come up with this new list of things that Christians are supposed to be against. Because, for many reasons, but most importantly because, as Christians, we are not primarily against any particular thing. As Christians, we are primarily disciples of Jesus. And if we start saying, we are the people who are against something silly, well, then that's what we know now. No, they're those people that don't like to drink coffee anymore. I love coffee, so don't worry. Um, no, we want to be known as, they're those people who love and believe in and follow Jesus. That's who we want to be known as. So I'm not going to just come up with some list of things that we're not supposed to do. I don't think that was the point of Jesus. I don't think that's how we choose to follow Jesus. But there are things that we will, we will come to decisions in our lives that we will say, I can't do that. And we might be with a group of our friends, or we might be with family, and they're about to embark on some activity, and we realize, I can't do that. Maybe because I need to be somewhere else, maybe because I, I want to be in worship right now, and I just can't go with y'all right now because I want to be in worship. Or maybe because I told some friends that I'm going to go out and serve the poor with them this day, and so I can't go do that other thing that y'all are doing because I'm going to be serving some other people right now. So there are going to be times we make decisions and there are things that we will not be able to do. And we're going to have decisions that we make where there will be things that we choose to do because of our faith and our belief. And I can't tell you what all of those are going to be. That's where we end up praying and discerning and listening to the Spirit as it moves us. And we have that inkling in our heart gnawing at us saying, I don't think that's the path I'm supposed to take. I think I'm supposed to go over here as I seek to follow Jesus. And then as we do that, people may or may not be okay with that. People may reject us because of it. Or they may talk bad about us because of it. Hopefully they're going to say, well, that's cool. That's because of your belief in Jesus. No, that's weird, but that's cool. Or they may get upset with us. And if so, we let them have it. No, not that we let them. We let them. We, oh, wow. Okay. I don't mean that we punch them. I mean that we allow them to be upset with us. What we don't do is then start aligning them back. Right? If someone takes up a sword against us, metaphorical, if anyone comes at you with an actual sword, I want to hear about that, take pictures, put it on YouTube, <laughs> and then stuff the cover, right? But, but we don't take up the sword against other people. That's not who we are. Jesus didn't say, when he said that I've come to set you against your family, Jesus didn't mean, I don't believe, that because they don't follow me, you should malign them. If your family doesn't believe in me, you should disown them and tell them, you're no longer my family because you don't believe in Jesus. No. Jesus was warning them that their family might do that. But that's not who we are. If friends of ours don't believe in Jesus, okay. Then they don't believe in Jesus. If our family doesn't believe in Jesus, then okay, they don't believe in Jesus. We do. And we're not going to force them to. We have these beliefs. We have this belief that there is a God who created everything that is. And we believe that this God is good, and that this God is love. And we believe this God made us in His image. That we are made as beings who, at our core, love. 
and at our core have relationship, a deep, intimate relationships with other people, with God at the center of those relationships. And we have this belief that we fall short of that created image in which we were made, and we harm each other, we harm ourselves. And so we have this belief that God became human to live as one of us, to help show us the way, and to help connect us to each other and to connect us back to God. And we have this belief that when God became human, we killed him, and that he was resurrected three days later. He came back to life, but in a way that he will never die again. And we have this belief that he invites us into that eternal life with him, that we can always, that when we die, we too will be raised with him, that we will always live on in God with Christ. And we have no idea if any of that's true. We believe it. And nowadays, we well, I need proof. And someone says, well, I don't believe that. I need proof. We can't give it to them. We can give them the stories of those who have believed for countless centuries before we believed. And we can give them our stories and our beliefs. And if they choose not to believe, then okay. They don't have to. And we're not going to force them to or belittle them because they don't, or malign them because they don't, or persecute them because they don't, that's not who we are. They don't have to believe. And if they end up belittling us, or maligning us, or persecuting us, I don't think they can really persecute us. They can make us feel badly about us. But if they end up belittling us for our beliefs, well, we love them in return. That's who we are. That's who Jesus taught us to be. That's the image of God in which we are made. That should people decide to malign us for our beliefs, well, we hold fast to our beliefs and we love them back in return. And if people reject us and say, well, if you're going to go live that life as a Christian, I just can't do that with you. They don't have to. But we still choose to walk in the path that we believe to be the path Jesus is leading us on. And then we share that with others. And if we share that with love, then they might eventually see that we've got something that our belief is something that they too might want to share. And we just continue to offer love in the face of any kind of belittling that we may receive. We love. Amen.